0: there's sort of this arbitrary thing about finishing a record. It's like, okay, here is 10 songs, 12 songs, which is especially silly considering how people ingest music now. And then we're like, okay, we're, we're like on cycle now. We're going to start doing shows. We're going to make music videos, blah, blah, And you kind of get to this place where once you're finishing a record, you're maybe at your best creative, but the fluidity of your creative prowess sort of peaks, and then you just stop. And and I actually think that like artistically it's very counterintuitive.
1: What's up everybody? It's kefi at ghostcoldman.com. I am so thrilled to be joined by Jake from Health. How are you doing today, Jake?
0: I'm okay, I'm a little bit tired. I have a, a toddler, so it's always an intense start to the day.
1: We've had a few of those uh, interviews where the family and the kids and pets intervene and, you know, what are you going to do? You got yeah. family first and uh, fur babies first always. So all good. Uh, We're on not quite the eve of the release of the album, but uh, about less than a month out from Rat Wars, brand new album from the band. Uh, you guys have been so prolific the last few years it's kind of mind-boggling with everybody else in lockdown and a lot of people and no shade if you you know if you felt like your creativity was sapped during the last few years, I would fully understand, but it seems like Health is doing more work than ever putting out releases. I'm sure there was some stuff done before the shutdown a few years back. I'm sorry we're still talking about this thing, but it just seems to keep bleeding into uh, the whole music industry. But it, it feels like you guys work all the time, like constantly on this, on music and creative Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that um, there have been periods in the band where maybe that wasn't so much the case like it's been hard to, you know, people have their lives and it can be a grind to make progress creatively, especially if you feel like it's hard fought ground and isn't coming easily. I guess I can't really relate. I have some friends that had like a sort of writer's block period during lockdown. Um, and I just don't fucking understand that just cause it was like, at least for me, the way my creative process works, there was for me at least pretty bad. And, uh, I guess maybe it depends on the kind of art you make kind of music you make, but cathartically I like sort of needed to be working on music all the time. That's kind of a, and as I prefaced, I have a, a son who was born on one, one 2020. So he's basically the antichrist and kicked off COVID. And for me personally, I don't even have hobbies anymore. Raise my kid and work on music. Those are the two things that I do. And, and like, maybe it's not as enjoyable as it is to like binge watch some fucking mind numbing Netflix show or, you know, other more beneficial things like getting to spend time out with your friends and go to interesting cultural events. Uh, I don't really have that much space for that. So it kind of put us into a, um, my bandmates still have time for that, but I guess I'm sure anybody is familiar with when you get into a routine, it's easy to stay in that routine. And when you get out of it, it's really hard to get back into it, you know. It's sort of one—you're either in or you're out. And we've just really tried to stay in the productive songwriting space for without any pause, because I mean, there's multiple reasons. Like I said, for me, it's like a cathartic thing. But on a top of it, it's—I uh, think, like any pursuit, if you're you you sort of build familiarity and comfort, and like maybe you like dry up, but there's there's sort of this arbitrary thing about finishing a record. It's like, okay, here is 10 songs, 12 songs, which is especially silly considering how people ingest music now. And then we're like, okay, we're off. We're like on cycle now. We're going to start doing shows. We're going to make music videos, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of get to this place where once you're finishing a record, you're maybe at your best creative, but the fluidity of your creative prowess sort of peaks and then you just stop. and And I actually think that like, artistically it's very counterintuitive we've just been trying to like okay if we're done with that collaboration album like let's just start an lp and if we're starting an lp let's be also thinking about the next collaborations and if we're done with that lp let's start like i'm already writing the next lp because it's just i think that like um you're more likely to do something good if you work on some if you work on it every day and i think bands get into these bands writers whatever you get into a space where you're like okay now i need to go make a bunch of great music and i i'm not casting any aspersion on people who like just don't feel ready if they're you know they have to get into that space but for me it's just way easier to just stay there so that would be the answer why we've been so much more prolific
1: thanks for sharing all that and uh i do there's a quote that i love uh from dennis hopper the late actor who used to say like I worked all the time because if I wasn't working, I didn't know if I was any good. And maybe I did some bad movies as a result, but at least I was working and working on my craft. And I love that idea. You seem to echo the same thing. And I love that, you know, every single release from Hell stands on its own. I love that Rat Wars doesn't sound like the collab records. It doesn't sound like a game soundtrack. It's its own creature. And it, it needs its own attention. And I love that it's... I do love that it's 12 tracks and it's very deep from start to finish and I love listening to it on a loop for the last few days, getting ready to chat with you. So hats off, it's off my... my, trucker hat to you on this job because it's a really fantastic record and so uh, in terms of just to give us a little insight uh, are are you the progenitor of a lot of these beginnings of tracks and albums is everybody sending in their ideas do you get together in person to never hash out ideas or is it just very singular these days how does
0: that go it's it's very collaborative as a band Um, ideas can come from anywhere there's not like a like hierarchical, okay, a song can only come from me kind of thing. I would I would say that in the wake of such massive advances in home computer production and the pandemic and my being a parent, like things like that, there's definitely a lot of demos will come from, like maybe John has uh, some crazy sound that he wants to sort of use as a production starting off point. And that could be the beginning of a song, or maybe Beach has a drum beat. And then certainly for me, like I just, as I said, when I have free time, I just write songs. So there's been plenty of demos that have started that way. It's like, it's whatever, you know, use the whole Buffalo. Like there's not a, uh, I don't give a shit where a song comes from, or like, we don't have any preciousness. The preciousness is the music, right? And what you, the final result. So if I had a friend, who was over and I played him a song and he said like, what if you did, you know, the bridge as the chorus or whatever. And I was better. I would take no umbrage. There wouldn't be. Cause you know, some people have that, especially coming out of like indie rock and rock music kind of classically. It's like, it's all about their individual expression and be like, like, no, I am this functionary in the band. So I have to do this. Is like, I don't care about that. I just want to, to create something that I'm proud of in the end. So yeah, the, the, the uh, genesis of the songs can come from anywhere.
1: Right on. I love, uh, as a long time, even though we're known for rock and metal and punk and hardcore, uh, whatever these associated genres health belongs to, I've been a huge fan of for a lot of my life. And the one divining line, I think, between really great bands and just everybody else is originality. So I think that's the thing when I hear health music, I hear originality in a genre that has been around for, you know, almost 40 years now, uh, strictly speaking. What do you do to, like, do you ever have moments where something sounds like something you've heard before and you just throw it away? Or do you figure
0: out how to make it more sound, you know, sound more like you? Well, in the earlier form, uh, the earlier sort of incarnation of the band, I would say that we did that all the time in terms of throwing things out. You know, it would be like okay, that's really effective, but it sounds like this, and I think probably to our own detriment. And I think it 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 took years and us being comfortable with our own identity and and believing, or or just you know, as I said, comfortable is the best word to describe it. Um, that we weren't just a derivative band to to be able to have something that is referential. Like that's why it took so long for there to be sort of recognizable guitars in our music because i think we felt like we are fans of guitar music like hugely it's not in there because we are snotty and like prefer electronic music and don't like it it's because we felt like well what do we do we have anything to offer that's new because we don't want to just regurgitate um something that's already been done in a superior way and i think that that's something that it, that i find so interesting about especially now he has so many niches of music production that are just like if you want to make a thrash record that sounds like it's from 1982, you can do it perfectly with music production. Like, whereas that was impossible to do for for many, many years. Or if you want it to sound like factory records, or if you want it to sound like not early mid-70s era Roxy music, you can do whatever you want, right? If you want it to sound like show no mercy slayer. It's and but the thing that always tripped us up is that you always have to project and remember that when those bands did those things, it was, it was new to me. That's the most exciting part of it. You know, like Nine Inch Nails releases, like for the, for a lot of people, their first understanding and dipping a toe into industrial, even though the culture had been going on for much longer is the downward spiral. I mean, obviously they heard head Michael Holman. It's like, that was a moment where the music that came out, everybody heard and they're like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard this before. And I think that that just has always appealed to me more as an artist than, like you think about literature, uh, like William Burroughs or 100 Years of Solitude, like people read it and they were like, and I know that's a lofty aspirational thing. It's at least sort of a good goalpost to keep in mind rather than just trying to, I totally understand being in love with eras and artistic movements of music, but it's just much more appealing to me and much more gratifying to feel like I'm making something that sounds like, that would sound to other people like it's contemporary, that it, is, that it is of its moment. I think that that's part of why, that's, if we had like a mission statement, it would be like number two in the byline or something. Maybe number
1: one. I dig it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And I love telling people, uh, Head Like a Hole was played at my high school prom. So I feel really, really old whenever I think about Head Like a Hole now, but all good. I love Nine Inch Nails. Let's... Jump into the track by track of Rat Wars. And again, whatever you feel like sharing, we'd love to hear it. I love that the album opens with this very broody, emotional track, Demigods. It's, it's uh, definitely a really good table setter to me. My first association with this is
0: like, it's AOR classic rock itch that we've always wanted to scratch. And we've talked about doing the big bloated dinosaur rock proggy multi-part opener forever and just never had the balls and, you know, it's one of my favorite songs that I think we've ever done. And, in, and I, I think that most people probably won't care. Like our, our, a lot of our fans tend to like singles and, but it, I think it's that kind of experience in writing something that is that that's what keeps you interested. So yeah, that's our, like we're listening to hell's bells and you're like, how do you open a record like with confidence and like not caring about uh cutting to the chase and, and just, I guess taking for granted the um the acceptance and interest of the listener. So that's the the point of that song. Oh, also the other the last caveat I'd say is it's not a concept album per se, but that song is basically the thesis statement of the entire record. So every sonic touchstone, like the palette that is contained therein of the entire thing, is sort of foreshadowed in that track. Like all the different sort of melodic uh themes and guitar sounds and noise and all those things arpeggiators they're all in one song so it's basically like giving you the roadmap
1: the second track is future of hell
0: so that one is entirely purely about uh modern production there's a white uh, white noise snare sound in there that we came across from this kid nexi who is like i don't even know if he's still making music it's completely underground it was on soundcloud and we'd never heard anything like it. And we emailed him and we were like, like, do you want to write a song together? We, this sound, we have to figure out how you made this sound or whatever. And he's like, oh, you can just use that sound. Just like incorporate it into a song. So we basically just like, you know, Drake slash hip hop production, like took that white noise snare and made a song out of it. And the the one little uh, Easter egg I'd say on that one is playing the record for Friends. We were like, this is, this track is fucking killer. And the only people that seemed to, when you play a record for people, obviously, everybody knows like there are standouts. That's what they would call them. You know, it's like usually a band knows like, oh, here's what we think the singles are. We didn't actually do that with this record. We kind of just wrote everything and then let like our friends and our label and people tell us what they thought. We always thought this one was such a banger. Unilaterally, people who work in music production were just like, holy shit, because they're, they're, they hear that what that production trick is. And they're like, what is that? I've never heard it. And then more generally other people are like, Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it's sort of our Gustafelstein kick snare, like just trying to explode your fucking stereo, like going to the next level of like percussive attack.
1: Killer. I need to go back and listen to that now to hear it. Uh, let's talk about track three, Hateful.
0: So this one sounded to us initially, like it should be playing in a scene in a, club in blade two or the matrix or something which hearkening back to what you were talking about before like do you ever feel like you act something because it sounds too on the nose or too derivative and that was definitely our first reaction to this this song we had a, a french music producer um french slash spanish named sierra she does like these incredible powerful arpeggiated arpeggiator driven dance songs and sort of part of this movement in europe called ebsm which is like a offshoot of ebm and but you know like i said i guess we've grown in confidence and one thing i'll say very quickly is when you write a song in like an hour it's usually a good song it's a good sign and so we sat with it and we were like nah it's good we're not going to second guess ourselves we just normally it's like things that are really on the nose like i said it took for forever for us to sample metal guitars and like chop them up and use them like in the way a classic industrial band would because that's already been done so effectively. Arpeggiators is the synthesizer version of a palm-muted guitar, and in the past, we would have killed ourselves trying to find some way to, to make it do something similar, but not in an immediately recognizable way, and this time we were just like, fuck it.
1: I like it. Let's talk about the next track of All Else.
0: So that's another nod to Concept Album, is it obviously the percussion line and the overall propulsiveness BPM continues, out of hateful so essentially those are it's like one long track that we're we're um indulging our own opulence of basically making like a prog extension of a song it's uh it's like hateful junior you know it's got it's like this we do it a couple times on the record
1: indulge opulence needs to be a hashtag or on a shirt or something
0: uh the next track is crack metal i feel like that's the closest song to vintage health it's just kind of like fucking insane melodically it doesn't make any sense it's like oscillating keys it's going all over the place we were just learning to play it live the other day and i was like holy shit this song is bizarre so i think that we try to stay connected to uh those sensibilities that are really avant-garde and off kilter just to not lose touch with our roots in that in that way nice the halfway point of the
1: album is marked by the
0: track Unloved. Fucking industrial goth club jammer. That's that's what it is, with a super snotty lyric. Definitely one of my favorite tracks on the whole record.
1: Maybe top three. Um, the next track is also a banger, and it's Children of Sorrow.
0: I think, for me, I didn't want to completely jettison what we had done on Volume 4, and it felt like we were... Because we were just writing really organically, so that's sort of our... Still t- staying tethered a little bit to those big Sabbath-inspired changes. And then we had Willie from Lamb of God write that killer thrash riff for the intro. So we didn't want to, we wanted to still have some metal on this record. We, we knew it was a heavy record, but we didn't want to lose that feel that we had enjoyed so much.
1: Shout out to Willie um, and Lamb of God. We've interviewed him a few times. Uh,
0: so the next track
1: is Sicko.
0: Fucking all hail Godflesh, man. It's just like we we took the one of the hooks from Like Rats and just built some fucked up hip hop track out of it. And, you know, it's sort of our way of paying homage to titans of industrial rock. It's uh, Justin's world and
1: we're all just living in it. Ashamed is the next track.
0: This was probably the most visceral song for me to write in terms of... Uh, You know, I sat down and and wrote most of the structure and melodic content and lyric in like 45 minutes or something. And then then we spent six months (laughs) tweaking the production. But I guess it's probably one of the most vulnerable and direct songs that I have written as a songwriter. Nice.
1: Of Being Born is the next track, and it feels like it's got a symmetry to uh, Of All Else.
0: It is the counterpart to Of All Else. It's sort of the proggy... You know Roman numeral two to uh, to ashamed. We we didn't go full prog and put any Roman numeration on the extension tracks, but uh, yeah, it's like you know, it's like it's like the uh, on the run into time on dark side or all the you know that kind of stuff. I mean, we love we love prog rock, honestly. Pink Floyd forever, my friend.
1: Uh, DSM
0: five is the
1: next to last track.
0: That's our actually just openly saluting homage to like an industrial rock banger but through the lens of our own modern production so like huge sub bass electronic drums you know just drawing on the classic metronomic chug freight train of of ministry rammstein um that kind of just shit that we've been listening to since we were kids and we just we'd never let ourselves do it before i'm like we were like fuck it we're gonna do it on this one right on and then oh and then a tidbit on that one is that the <clears throat> outro of that song reprises the theme from Demigods which is like very proggy. And then uh yeah that's probably my favorite track on the record. And then the closer is Don't Try. I think for that I just wanted to write a classic style ballad and that's my interpretation interpretation of uh the vibe or as close as I would get to it of like 80s Leonard Cohen. Um like when he Got all the really kind of goofy, honestly pretty tacky 80s production, but it really worked like on the future on that record. I was just listening to that and I was like, I'm gonna do something with an organ and, you know, just trying to. The record is pretty full on abrasive the entire time. So we wanted to have conceptually like a a death rattle kind of like quiet whisper, like, uh, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper kind of thing.
1: Indeed, thank you for summing all that up for us. Jake from Health has been an amazing chatting with you and hearing all this insight. And I really appreciate you sharing. Congratulations on Rat Wars. We're looking forward to the release and thanks again. We'll see you on the road, I'm sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being so accommodating of my time constraints as a as a dad. Right back at you. We're here for all the dads and all the all the bands. Thanks so much and thanks for hanging with Ghost Cult.